0: To pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Thursday night. As I uh I didn't podcast last night, I didn't want to selfishly. Uh it's been a long week, it's been a long season, frankly. And and having gotten three podcasts out in a row. I didn't want to make it four, and, and I didn't think that anybody would be missing the daily podcast after the Nuggets uh, went down two zero to the Phoenix Suns, a final score of that a lot to a little. Uh, it, it really doesn't matter what the final score was, frankly, because the game was over uh, in the third quarter again, and the Nuggets, they just, they're in a really tough position they're in a really tough spot here. And and I think that I underestimated the differences between the Suns and the Blazers overall. Uh, but I also underestimated the toll that it would take on the Nuggets to have to continuously uh, fight back from a disadvantage in, in terms of uh, not having their full cadre of players and not having the the star caliber personnel that Jamal Murray affords you. And and the P.J. Dozers of the world who are more defensively versatile that could give Denver a lift in these spots. Uh, Not having your full complement of players makes it really tough to win a championship, makes it really tough to advance. Uh, The Suns are, I would probably liken them to a team like the 2009 Denver, Denver Nuggets, where they are just a really, really solid team. They found a way to play defense, Found a way to play offense. They are just connected and and know what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, they're they're probably it's it's not a one for one comparison there. That's more of just an off the top of the head thing. But they're a team that could win the title, frankly. And they have the talent to do it. They have the personnel to do it. It's going to be tough that like whoever they match up with uh, going forward, uh, unless the Nuggets make a stand. Unless the Nuggets decide that they don't want to lay down. Because so far they've kind of laid down in the past couple games. Where clear that they didn't have it. And clear that they didn't... uh, That they weren't going to fight back. uh, Whether because they couldn't or because they chose not to. I don't know if it was an effort thing. I know that everybody wants to talk about the effort thing. But here's a secret about the effort thing. There are only so many things that a coach can can point to in a playoff loss. There are only so many things that they can point to and say, hey, uh, this is why they were much better than us. You can't say my players didn't follow the game plan too many times, because that's probably not true. Uh, You can say that they didn't execute the game plan, uh, but Michael Malone has said as much. You can't say that they're better than you, so you usually resort to the effort, that you didn't play up to your potential, that you didn't play 100%. Because there's a big difference between playing 100% and 80%, and maybe a game plan works if you're playing 100%, if you're locked in 100% of the time. It's just really hard to be locked in 100% of the time. I thought that the Nuggets reached that threshold in the first round. I thought they looked really good executing their game plan in games five and six. It was tough. Damian Lillard made some incredible plays, as did the rest of the Blazers at times. But the Nuggets weathered the storm. They executed and they won games five and six in order to advance in the first round. But there's only so many times that you can say that uh, from an effort perspective. And Michael Malone went after Denver's effort twice in a row and in my opinion it's because there there's kind of an admittance there that if he doesn't say effort what else is he going to say what else is he going to, what are the reasons that he's going to give oh that they're better than you that may be true especially with how hurt denver is i think a healthy jamal murray flips this series of course but denver in the current state that they're in i don't think that they're better than the suns And I bet Michael Malone, deep down, probably doesn't think that they're better than the Suns right now. We'll see what happens in Game 3. But I want to go over the most disappointing aspects of this loss uh, in the first segment. And then some things that they could try to turn things around in the second segment. And then in the third segment, we will talk about the the article that I posted uh, earlier today, Thursday. Uh, that was basically about the future of the Nuggets being brighter than where it is right now. And I can talk about why I wrote it, why I thought it was the right time to write something like that. I got, I got some criticisms there, but for now, let's get into it. Let's talk about game two. Uh, I want to talk about the, just the most disappointing things. And, and I'm going to start with Michael Porter Jr. Not because like like he was atrocious in this game. And it was really sad to see that it was kind of at that level that you were hoping that it would never get back to that. But this reminded me of Michael Porter in the Game 3 Utah Jazz loss in the first round of the bubble. It was a watershed moment, in my opinion. It was a moment where, hey, it's clear that he can't guard the players across from him in a lot of cases. And I'm not really sure it's his fault. He has his faults. Don't get me wrong. He's not a great defender. He's not even a good defender, even when he's fully healthy. But it's pretty clear that watching him, and just from what you can hear behind the scenes a little bit, that the tweaked back that he had, it's not great. It doesn't feel good. And that he just looks like he's moving as stiff as a board when he's out there, Or, or at least when he moved out there in game two. We'll see if that changes going forward. But if it doesn't, then I'm not really sure whether you're going to get a better Michael Porter Jr. performance, because there were a lot of situations where Porter was asked to be the low man on defense and, and cover two players at the same time, and he couldn't cover either of them. There were times where he was isolated up top, where he was asked to guard Chris Paul, and Chris Paul has no fear of Michael Porter Jr. in this situation, and Porter so far hasn't been able to contest his shot. He hasn't pushed up on him far enough. He's trying to get him to shoot the jumper and then Porter will contest it. Uh, but Porter can't give a great contest and Chris Paul's raining jumpers. He just doesn't have any fear at all. Porter was bad. And it's disappointing because I don't think he would be this bad if he was healthier. But I also like can't say for sure. Uh, Because he he has his weaknesses, and a lot of these weaknesses look a lot like what we saw in the bubble during his rookie season. And that's disappointing. You want to see players progress beyond some of those weaknesses, but I don't think that we've seen it fully. It's pretty clear that he can't really dribble in... This situation, and especially when he's guarded by somebody like Mikhail Bridges, uh, it is it's an uncomfortable thing for him. And and he's clearly not ready for this, whether it's physically with the back or whether it's just game plan wise and and skills wise. Uh, I'm not I'm not really sure how to evaluate it other than to say it was bad. I mentioned it before, but the pick-and-roll coverage, uh, this has been the story of the series, in my opinion, other than Denver just not having the, the firepower in order to keep up with the Suns. The pick-and-roll coverage has been really bad, and the Suns continue to put the Nuggets' help defenders just in awful positions. Uh, just watching and going back, and yes, I subjected myself to that game once again. When you watch the Suns hit threes, all of those shots outside of the ones where it's it's Devin Booker coming off of a screen or Chris Paul dribbling into a jumper or something, all of those shots you see Nuggets help defenders scrambling to get back. And they're always scrambling because the Suns are always firing the pass to a place where Denver can't really get to, where they can't cover. And talk a lot about the Nuggets being shorthanded but not having Will Barton and not having P.J. Dosher, I think that has really hurt Denver more so than, and, and like and Murray is Murray obviously, but like not having those guys as guards where you can go small consistently, feel pretty good about your recoveries. I think that's a problem for Denver, and they they haven't been good when they've played big, and they've had to play big all the time. Because there are five uh, players that are six foot eight and, and ginormous in their rotation in Jokic, Gordon, Porter, Green, and Millsap. And usually three of those guys, or at least two of them, are on the floor at the same time. And, and Denver just doesn't ever go small. The, the most often that they do is when Gordon is in there with Jokic, And then they have three guards around them. Imagine for a second if those three guards were Murray, Barton, and Dozier. And how different this series would look. That's a pretty good lineup that you can put out there that might struggle a little bit defensively. But only because... Only because, like, like, I, I don't know. Like, if those guys are locked in, then I think they'd do pretty well. And they'd be locked in in a playoff series. So it's just tough to keep coming back to that because it does sound like an excuse, but it really is true. So not having elite guard defenders or an elite center has really put Denver in a tough position here. The thing is though, you have to have good defenders at every position and Denver just doesn't have enough impactful defenders and uh, Faku for as good as he is laterally and, and has as like like I, I can't point to Faku and say, yeah, you're the problem, but I can't really point to him and say that he's the solution either. Just like I can't point to Monte or Murray or Barton or frankly, Aaron Gordon, even like Aaron Gordon's been their best defender, but he's also made mistakes. It's just too bad that like Denver's been in that position. This reminds me a lot of the Utah Jazz series from the first round of the bubble in that Denver just they they face this insurmountable task where it's trying to catch up the shooters that are just shooting us so hot. But the thing is that Denver in that series, they had more resources, even without Gary Harris or without Will Barton, they had more resources because they had the shot making with Jamal Murray that they just had to make up the difference a little bit. And they found it with Dozier. They found it with Harris late in the first round. They found it with uh, Morris was playing more. Uh, Tory Craig was still coming off the bench, but he could switch, and, and Jeremy Grant was very good. I just don't know where it comes from with this roster right now. The role players haven't stepped up. Uh, Nikola Jokic had 24, 13, and 6 in that game too. I thought that he was fine. I thought that, hey, 24, 13, and six through three quarters, and then you come back and you get up over 30, 15, and eight. Like It's hard to ask for more than that from your star player. All the other starters, they combined for 26 points, 11 rebounds, and four assists. They couldn't make any shots, and that's just like Sometimes that's all it comes down to, but it really is more than that with Denver because they can't defend or they can't make shots. like that's painful. That's a painful thing to hear and it sounds pretty pessimistic because it is pretty pessimistic and I, I'm sure that nuggets fans are feeling that way. Monte Morris is a combined two of 17 in this series one of seven from three attempted zero free throws if I'm not mistaken. uh yeah, that'll that'll be a big impactor. Uh, that'll be, that'll sort of change things when he was the guy who in games five and six had 50 points, had multiple threes like in each game. So it's just disappointing to see those numbers kind of creep down as much as they have games five and six in the blazer series are starting to feel like the outlier for the rest of the playoffs. Just doesn't look great for Monte. Uh, minus 28 in the first game, minus 19 in the second game, in the plus-minus category, just has not been impactful. Uh, It's hard to be impactful when you're going up against Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but I thought he would be better than this. Uh, So it's like two points and three points. Five total points in the two games. Uh, That's just not going to cut it. So there are other guys that aren't stepping up, um, but Denver starters and Monte – are where I would look. Uh, Will Barton came back and he looked pretty good, and I, we'll talk about him in the second segment, but uh, Jokic is just looking around for answers right now. Uh, there's just not enough solutions because uh, he's not making his close shots with as much regularity as possible. He's held to a higher standard, of course, than everybody else, but like he still had a really good game in game two. Game one, he was fine. It wasn't great, but people acting like it was it was just this awful performance. You need to get their heads out of their butts. Like you need other guys to score. You need other guys to play. And and everybody kept looking at Yoke being like, "Hey, we need you. We need you badly." And like he didn't deliver, and then there was nobody else that was willing or able to step up and that's the problem. That's the problem that you run into without Jamal. He's struggling to get calls, even when he does get to the rim. So he's going to have to let these threes fly uh, going forward. If there's a window, Jokic being an elite three-point shooter, hitting four threes, five threes, like that will change the game. That will change the math a little bit. Uh, we'll see if that can happen. We'll see if that's we'll see if he's capable of doing that. I don't know, uh, but we're. We're scrounging for answers here, folks. We're trying to figure this out, and there are some things that we could talk about in this second segment, Uh, but I want to talk about that next. Uh, But first, this podcast is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, I have been betting on DraftKings for a while now, and I have made a a decent amount of money. Uh, If you are interested in betting, kind of like me, DraftKings, they are going to be great for you because they are putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. This is for new users, for folks that haven't signed up quite yet. Just bet any basketball team, pick them to win, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, so much more. They're safe, secure, and reliable. You already know. You've heard me tell you. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. That's promo code MHS for a limited time. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. All right, we're back. Pickaxe and Roll. Ryan Blackman here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's talk briefly about how the Nuggets can turn this thing around. There's there's not a ton that I I can really point to here other than, hey, let's see if they can shoot better. Let's see if they can play better. Uh, It is a home game that they're coming back to, two home games in fact, and if you win both of your home games, then you go to 2-2. And the Nuggets are definitely capable of doing that, despite the fact that these games have looked so lopsided so far. Sometimes it just looks a little bit more lopsided because of the end. And, and I can definitely say that, that games generally pan out that way. Michael Porter Jr. is going to be the ultimate bellwether here. If he plays how he has been on both ends of the floor, the Nuggets are going to lose. And there's not a lot that they can do about that. It's going to be very difficult for them to figure it out without him. If he clearly doesn't have it, the Nuggets can pivot to another solution. It's probably going to be Will Barton at the three, which is extremely unfair to Will, who hasn't played in 20 games, uh, several months, not several months, maybe a couple months. But it's been a while since Will has been on the floor. And to ask him to be the guy, like when he comes back, be the second option, that's a really tough ask. But if Porter clearly doesn't have it, the Nuggets are gonna have to find a way to be more defensive. They're gonna have to find a way to score. And I think Barton is probably the guy that gives you the best combination of those talents. Uh Barton isn't going to be relentlessly attacked. Like, he's going to be it's gonna like he he might have some breakdowns here, but they're not gonna go isolate him. They're not going to do what they can to put him in the pick and roll every single time. At least not from my knowledge, but. If Porter improves, if he plays well, if he hits multiple threes, if he doesn't get isolated to shit by Chris Paul, then Denver does have a chance. Then they have an opportunity to be even in his minutes, maybe even positive. For all the hemming and hawing here, the Suns did shoot 47% from three. shot 15 of 17 from the free throw line. They're in a very confident place, and they have been in a very confident place at home. There's a possibility that that shooting regresses. I'm not going to make any promises here, because anytime you uh, pander to shooting variance, you're probably going to lose. But Denver does have an opportunity to kind of flip this variance a little bit. Role players often travel with the home team. And if the Nuggets are gonna be at home, they're going to need their guys to step up. Aaron Gordon, he hasn't hit a 3-all series. Faku Campazo goes one of five in game two. Austin Rivers has been bad. The aforementioned Monte Morris has been bad. Denver can get those guys to step up. And if they do step up, That'll be a big deal. Porter as well, because Porter went two of nine from three. He's very capable of going five of nine. And if that flips, Denver's got to get all those guys to figure it out. They've got to get some guys on the other team to regress a little bit, like Jay Crowder going three of four from three. That's painful. Dario Saric going two of three. That's painful, too. You don't expect that. Denver's going to figure it out. or not. I don't know if they're going to, but they have an opportunity for sure. And a lot of it is going to come down to Monte Morris and whether he can be the third option, the fourth option, whether he's an option at all. Uh, 50 points in games five and six compared to five points in games one and two. So much of it really does come down to that because the Suns are guarding him in a similar way. It's not like they're doing anything crazy here. The Nuggets have to make the Suns pay for going under screens. And if it's Rivers, if it's Morris, if it's Faku, if it's Barton, all of those guys have to be confident confident enough from three in order to force the Suns to go over the top. If they hit those shots, it helps open up the rest of the offense. But if not, then Denver's going to struggle for obvious reasons. The Suns have been packing the paint when Jokic tries to go in there. A lot of that is because they don't trust any of Nugget's shooters to hit those shots. It's tough to be just telling you about shooting variants. Because I'm not sure that there really is that much that Denver can do with with the Suns' pick and roll scheme. They have to be locked in. They have to understand where their man is at all times. While also being able to read the court. The Suns do a great job on the offensive end especially, of moving players around consistently so that the Nuggets help side responsibilities are always changing, so that they're always trying to navigate, okay, who's the high man? Who's the low man? Oh, your man just cut through the lane and went over to the other side. That changes both of our responsibilities. Now we have to rotate. Having difficult personnel for that makes it difficult, but we're just going to have to see if Denver can recover from that and and whether they can prevent the Suns from shooting 40% from three again. Uh, if they shoot 35% from three, Denver has a big chance. Plain and simple. I asked on Twitter if there was a starting lineup change to be made, if Michael Malone could change the starting lineup or decided that he wanted to change the starting lineup, what would people want to see? For whatever reason, I got a lot of JaVale McGee responses and No. No. People, the way to defend the Suns is not to play a second center. I don't know why people think that. I don't know. Like, all it's going to do is put Jokic in a tougher position because he's going to be defending a power forward. And that power forward is going to be Jake Crowder. And the Nuggets are going to be forced to switch in a lot of cases or they're going to give Jay Crowder plenty of wide open pick and pop threes that he's already hitting at a high rate. Not to mention, JaVale McGee is not that like he's no great shakes of a pick and roll defender. He's a little bit of a rim protector, but only because he can jump high, not because of the the incredible instincts here. People have this misnomer of what JaVale McGee is. He's a decent backup center. And the Suns are going with Dario Saric as their backup center. They don't have one. They're playing five out. The Nuggets would get their ass beat if they played JaVale McGee at backup center. That's my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I just think that Millsap and Green have to play better. Maybe you go to Zeke Najee, but I think you go to Zeke Najee faster than you go to Javel. is what it is. I've heard people say they want Michael Green in the starting lineup, move Michael Porter to the two, Aaron Gordon to the three. No. Denver's big questions are how do they protect the perimeter and rotate around the perimeter so that they don't give up wide open shots every single time? They have to go smaller. <laughs> if anything, if you're gonna if you're going to make a lineup change, I don't think you go bigger. Because all you're doing is forcing Michael Porter into tougher and tougher situations. JaMichael Green into tougher and tougher situations. I I can't believe I have to like say that, but it has to be a guard, maybe even two guards when you're replacing MPJ. Like that's that's where I'm at with this. the the thing to do around Nikola Jokic, against a team like the Suns, is to play smaller around him, have him be the main guy in the middle, switch everything else on the perimeter, and force Chris Paul and Devin Booker to isolate guys like Monte Morris and uh, Faku Campazo, which they can do. But that's like way better than them putting Jermichael Green in rotation, putting Michael Porter in rotation, things like that. It's just way better if you're looking for defensive answers, which I think most people are. In my mind, you've got six guards on your roster right now that are healthy. Faku, Austin Rivers, Monte Morris, Will Barton, Marcus Howard, Shaq Harrison. If I'm the Nuggets, I'd probably keep their starting lineup the same. It's hard to put Morris out there with the way that he's shooting. It's hard to put Barton out there because he just got healthy. You don't want to injure him further. That's a great way to piss a bunch of people off. And it may not even work. I don't trust Marcus Howard in this situation as a starter. And I don't trust Shaq Harrison to be a starter. Probably trust him a little bit more, but not by a lot. I don't think Denver has a great answer with their backcourt, so they might as well not change it. They might as well try to figure out what they can do with the guys that they already have. Faku has had good moments. Hasn't been great, but he's had good moments. Austin Rivers just needs to be better. Sorry my guy. Like it's it's a really, really impossible situation to be in. But he's just gotta be better. And then you hope that Monte can figure it out. You hope that he can figure out the the pick and roll stuff. The even like when he's missing open shots, that those shots suddenly drop, and that Will Barton could maybe help him out with the bench offense because they definitely need it. I might, if I were the Nuggets, go with Marcus Howard or Shaq Harrison, probably Shaq Harrison with the second unit and replace one of Green or Millsap. I think that Denver would be in a better situation from a defensive perspective if they went smaller because they've just got to rotate. They've just got to switch. They've just got to rotate. Uh, It might not help. And if they're putting MPJ at the four, giving him more backline responsibility than before, then maybe that's a problem. But I've found that his best position is the four. In a lot of these cases, when he's not surrounded by guys like Aaron Gordon, and I think that in this situation, it might be helpful to play him at the four, give him some better opportunities, help the Nuggets get out and run a little bit more by playing smaller, quicker, faster. Maybe that helps. Maybe it doesn't, but that could be a way for them to explore it. I doubt that they would. I doubt that they they, they wouldn't bench Millsap for a guy like Marcus Howard. Like It's probably not happening. So we're going to see. We're going to see what they ultimately do. Let's take our final break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the article that I wrote earlier today on the future still being bright. We'll be right back. Segment Pickaxe and Roll, thank you so much for making me a part of your day. Uh, If you haven't, could you please rate, review, and subscribe five stars on iTunes, Apple Podcasts? That would be super helpful, always is. Uh, Once I crack 100 ratings, I'm going to give the next person their reviews. I'll probably buy them that Jokic MVP jersey. That's what I'm going to do. Or not jersey, the uh, the Jokic MVP shirt. I'll get them their size, see if I can uh, have them DM me or something like that. And we will just go from there. So, again, thank you so much for all the support. It means the world. All right, let's talk about the article I wrote. Basically, if you, if you haven't seen it on denverstiffs.com, I wrote that whatever happens in the 2021 playoffs, the future remains brighter for the Denver Nuggets. I think that's fair. I think it's a fair thing to state Uh, this is going to be a really tough out for the Nuggets and Nuggets fans if they go out. If Denver loses in the second round, it's going to be painful. Because you saw the Los Angeles Lakers go down, and like you guys, I, I thought, hey, why not the Nuggets? You look and see, okay, just get past the Suns, just get past the winner of the Jazz and the Clippers, who you beat in the bubble last year, and maybe you've got something there. It's tough without Jamal Murray. And I think a lot of people have reflected over this as, as time has gone along here. Uh, and I wrote about that. I wrote about that as, as just the only the way that I could, as, as kind of an analytics piece where, hey, putting up some in- incredible numbers that should be highlighted. And very few players in NBA history have ever done what Jamal Murray did in the bubble in a playoff run. is it a eulogy that i'm writing no i got some criticisms on that that i i wasn't trying to write a eulogy i wasn't trying to say oh man this is this is premature or or to say it too prematurely like why are you talking about the off season and off season stuff when the nuggets are still playing and, and what i was i wasn't really trying to do that it's a little bit of preemptive consoling Jamal Murray simplifies a lot of the issues that the Nuggets have had. They have struggled to run offense with Michael Porter and Nikola Jokic because those two receive so much attention, because people are glued to Michael Porter Jr. right now. The only thing that defenders are being told when they're guarding him is don't let him get free on DHOs, and when he puts the ball on the floor, swipe at it as much as possible. If he exposes the basketball, go get it because he hasn't been tough with the basketball. He hasn't dealt with that physicality well, and now he has a tweak back. And that really hurts when you're trying to be in a physical playoff series. It's hard to do it when, when you're in this situation. I wanted to write this article because I wanted to highlight all the reasons why the future is still bright, why Denver's in this situation and why they may be losing, but given some of these factors, they'd probably be winning. Given some of these factors, they might be a title contender. Denver's only had 33 games of Aaron Gordon thus far. This upcoming one will be his 34th. Denver traded for him midseason. I think given the regular season and the playoffs, they've probably liked what they've seen. He's a little bit of a different player than I bet that they were thinking they were going to get. A lot less of a scorer, much more of a a grinder, somebody who's willing to do the dirty work, but is also versatile enough to do other things if asked of him. He's had some nice jumpers. He's had some nice defensive sequences. He's had some good passes. He's a good, versatile weapon, and the Nuggets are going to like him going forward, as they continue to work him in. Again, Michael Porter, he's clearly not 100%. Had he been 100%, maybe the Nuggets win one of these last two games. Maybe they don't. They probably don't. But to say that the series would be over at that point, I don't think you could say that. I think that Michael Porter has an extremely bright future, but asking him to do as much as he's asked with a hurt back is pretty tough. It's pretty difficult. And that's, that's even independent of the back surgeries that he's had, which he's probably fearful of re-ag- re-aggravating, re-injuring. It's also unfair to ask Denver's guards to do what they've had to do, especially against this backcourt. This son's backcourt has been really impressive. Chris Paul... Just navigating things so easily against the nuggets. Devin Booker, extremely talented shot maker, somebody who like he just can't be bothered in a lot of these situations. He's clearly a gamer. Somebody who has figured it out and is taking it out on the nuggets because the poor old the poor little nuggets are they're receiving the brunt of a lot of pent-up aggression from these sons. They were grifted a lot in the Lakers series. They took out a lot of their frustrations there, and it is carried over in this series, that's for sure. It's not an excuse when an all-star player like Jamal Murray goes down. It's just painful, and it's also just like factual. I think the Nuggets, had they had Jamal Murray for this series, we'd be talking in a much different tone. So much of what the Suns are doing to Denver, they're able to do because they don't respect Denver's guards, because they don't respect what Denver can do from an offensive perspective when it's not Nikola Jokic or Michael Porter Jr. coming off a of DHO. There will be plenty of time to talk about the actual future going forward. What happens when Jamal Murray comes back? What happens at the beginning of next season while he's still out? Uh, I'm kind of at the point here where if if the Nuggets don't put up a big performance Friday night with Nicole Jokic receiving his MVP award, I'll be surprised. I'm hoping to talk about a win on Friday night. That feels like a game that Denver can definitely win, even given these situations, the circumstances. But if they do ultimately lose to the Suns, don't think about it as one that the Nuggets let slip away. There's been a lot of factors working against them, and it feels like it's building up to a head here. If they lose to the Suns, it's great job, other team. You're very good. The Suns had the, the second-best record in the NBA this year. They nearly had the best. It was very close. They're a excellent team from top to bottom. Two All-Stars on their roster. Two up-and-coming young players and Mikael Bridges and DeAndre Ayton who are just very good. Jay Crowder has been good for them. Cameron Payne has been good for them. Cameron Johnson has been good for them. Torrey Craig has been good for them. Dario Saric has been good for them. They've had a lot of people contributing to this team. They'll be the team that I root for if if Denver does get ousted. But hopefully we're not talking about that tomorrow. Hopefully we're talking about how the Nuggets came back, how they showed some heart, and how they got back into the series. That is what I'm hoping for. I have to be smart about this. I have to be or try to be as non-biased in this situation as I can but I'm hoping that I get to be a little bit biased here. Hoping that I get to think about, oh, so you're telling me there's a chance. This Nuggets team, they came back from 3-1 twice, and now they're only down 2-1 here. There's a reason why this team got to where they are. This Nuggets team. It's because they're gritty, they're resilient, they're tough, and their players step up when needed. If we get a big Jokic performance we get a bounce back from Mate Morris, a shooting performance that's way better from MPJ, Denver can do it. Denver can bounce back. Just know that the future is still even brighter. That Jamal Murray is seething on the sidelines. He's pissed off that he got hurt. And he's going to attack his rehab to the point where he may be an even better player than when he left the floor. I wouldn't put it past him. The Nuggets have a really great roster, and they're going to continue to build this team. And I look forward to being able to talk about that when it happens. Hopefully we don't have to talk about it for a little bit. That's going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. I will be back tomorrow after game three. I won't be pulling a game two where I took a day. Uh, My my fault, of course. Uh, We are going to see how this team ultimately pans out. How much fight they actually have. What kind of resilience they actually have. This is gut check time. Let's see what the Nuggets do. That'll do it. Thank you so much. Talk to you guys very soon.